Hanley Armagh, Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right team. This is Kira Donnelly for point number 10. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sideline Eye podcast. Um, we've a very good show lined up tonight for you as, as we look back on John Morrison, the legendary GA coach, um, obviously a proud Armand man, but sort of was everywhere, was with Derry, Mayo, Leitrim on a whole raft of county, counties and clubs throughout the country. Um, so I think everybody in the GA has a, a good story to tell about John Morrison. Um, and telling their stories tonight will be Paddy Savage, Jim McCoy and Turlock O'Brien. Who all knew all knew John, and of course, um, this week marks uh, the second anniversary of John's death. So, thanks very much for joining us, lads, and we'll get stuck into it here. And I suppose, Jim, you and John took over Armagh in the early nineties. Um, you obviously knew John quite well. What struck you that you wanted him in your management team? Well, I think the first thing, Sean, did you mention Armagh as one of the teams that he'd actually managed? There are not a great list of all these counties he's managed. <laughs> no, no, he was, <laughs> but he will tell you he was manager and I was his manager, you know. But I've been telling McGinney that for this last three years, he didn't believe me either, you know. So, uh, listen, the thing, I'll tell you the thing about John was at that time, whenever I was asked to, to, to take on our I was back in 91. And um, I remember it actually well because Paula Haggerty was due to come back in as manager. And I've been coaching in Kalibi for a couple of years and was really enjoying it. First, tour the club and enjoying getting stuck in. And uh, I was asked by Father Hargley Reichman and do assistant manager trainer of the team at that time. I was absolutely delighted to do that. But Father Hargley, God rest him, he couldn't uh, do it in the end. So the county board then, uh, representatives uh, asked to meet me at the time. I remember uh, oh, it was an interesting meeting to say the least on it, but um, I went thinking they were going to say hey, these are the, key, the this is the new manager who's been coming in and I want to still stay on as trainer, but they asked me to do manager. Uh, to my surprise at that particular time, you know, but uh, I remember actually thinking at the time then who, and his name came up at that night, of, of meeting that night, uh, as a suggested uh, assistant manager, trainer of the team, because he had a great reputation with club, even with, uh, I think he was actually with Blackwatertown that particular year as well. And he was building up the reputation even that far back for his innovative training techniques, which he's been famous for throughout on his um a shy way of putting things over, shall we say, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I'd known John as well, so I contacted him, first person on the list I contacted, and he said, uh, uh, we're in when, Jim? And he came on board, and it was four fantastic years. We developed a great friendship. Uh, we had some laughs traveling together on the long roads, the training sessions and matches, and uh, he, was, he was fun to be with. Uh, he was a brilliant character. Um, stories galore, which I was still hearing before he died, God rest him. I was still hearing the same stories I heard in 1991. Uh, but you still would have to laugh at it. You know, he's uh, he was a real gentleman, as, as everybody knew. And uh, at Arma, you know, right to the core. But wherever he went, you know, he gave it 100% and a great reputation. And was remembered very fondly by everybody who, who came across him in, in football and the life generally. 
And Paddy, what's your memories of John? I'm sure um, you spoke to him many times, maybe in the media room in RMI. He was always uh, the first one in it and probably the last out of it. Would you have had many dealings with John yourself? Yeah, well, the, the, to be honest, the, the biggest memory I have him of these absolutely terrible jokes. Like, really awful stuff, you know. Sort of, Paddy English man, Paddy Irish man, Scotch man, sort of. You know, just because I remember I'd be maybe coming into the, the, the media room and I was quite at the start, I was very nervous with doing um, commentaries. I didn't have a whole pile of experience. And then you'd maybe say, oh, well, John, whatever. And then he'd say, Paddy, come over here. And I said, this won't be something really, really important. And he'd just tell me, you know, maybe, you know, maybe five minutes before you were going on air or something, you know, 10 minutes before the game. I just tell you some absolutely awful joke. And he's probably doing it to try and distract me, you know, because you've probably seen that I was getting... Uh, I was getting overexcited. Um, I suppose one of the first memories I have of him uh, was after we were um, we were I was commentating on my own club in a um, uh, championship uh, semi final, and we'd never we'd never actually got to the final before. And uh, it was sort of before I'd been involved with the management and that, so it was just well, I was uh, just you know I was commentating, and um, I probably should, in hindsight I probably shouldn't have been commentating on my own club, but I sort of half lost it. Um, uh, with about ten minutes to go, it was game. Luckily, we were beating. Uh, we were, but we were four or five points down. Ten minutes to go. Game hadn't gone versus at all, and we were followed with injuries. Now anyway, we came back and we made a sort of miraculous comeback and won, won the match. And I, I see, I, I, I sort of um, got a, got a bit overexcited, shall we say? And um, there was after John came over to me, and he says, uh, "Paddy, will you do me a favor?" I said. Yeah, ah, yeah, John. Whatever. What, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> will you go? You see, when you're on your way home, will you go into the hospital there just to check that they're just to check their hearts out? Right? <laughs> he was worried that I was about to have a heart attack that had gone had gone bright red. Um, but yeah, and look, he was such a knowledgeable man, such a such a servant fella, you know. And to be honest, you know, I I had the uh, privilege of. Um, interviewing uh, some Paddy about him. And there's so much about John's life that I, I hadn't had a clue about some of the community work that he'd done that he, you know, within our, you know, in our mind, it were troubled times, you know, back in the, you know, back, back, back right in the height of the troubles, like what he was doing. Um, and, you know, he was he was chairman of Harps. He must have been only in his sort of maybe late 20s, early 30s, you know, the and he was taking that on. And, like, being the chairman of a club as well as everything else he was doing, it's unbelievable commitments, um, but yeah, he's obviously such a such a knowledgeable figure. Like I, I know from my own perspective, in, in terms of sort of having an interest in in football and analysis and, and that sort of thing, you know, it was actually Turlock, You'd done a, a piece with um, I don't remember it was one of any anyway, one of the media outlets after he had, had passed away, and then you were you you were outlining just how you'd gone up and how helpful he'd been, and you know the, the how much you thought of him. And to be honest, I remember just listening to the interview. I can't, um, and thinking, God, I had, I had access to all that. Um, you know, I had access to, to all that information myself. You know, if I had, a, and I never, you know, I regretted that I'd never sort of taken him up on it. You know, because he was he was obviously going to be only too willing to help. So it's really, uh, you know, and I know speaking to Paddy um, about it that obviously it was a devastating time for them, but they took an awful lot of solace in in all those stories that that people had of it. Just what a you know what a brilliant character he was. And Turlock, your, yeah. your first meeting with him was really interesting. You were sort of telling me about it earlier that you had read one of his yeah. one of his coaching manuals <laughs> and decided to jump in the queue and come up to RMI. You'd never met him before. You didn't know him. 
but you went up anyway and through John fashion they invited you into the house yeah yeah look I suppose it was before the internet and before there was you know a library of coaching books and manuals around and there was there was very little material in the GA world for coaching right a young fella trying to get into coaching and trying to develop and get new ideas and I was mad into, into GA mad into, mad into coaching at a very young age uh, I was still playing football I was coaching a minor team and um, so you're down, certainly down here I would say I, I always looked up, up, up to Ulster and I always felt that the game in Ulster was so tactical and so so, so tribal uh, there was this you know the Ulster champion was just so fantastic and uh, I read about John of course in some of the newspapers and I think it was maybe was he with Antrim was he at yeah. some stage and uh, there were stories about him with uh, an orange beret and uh, putting a, a skip outside the door in a dressing room. And I was fascinated by him. And I knew he had done a book and I couldn't get it down here. So I said, here, into the car, drive up to Armagh, asked a few people, where did John Morris live? Three cathedral terrace, arrived at his door, knocked at the door, and there he is in front of me, the largest life. So he brought me in and... and I have it here still. That's the greatest <laughs> little coaching manual I think I've ever come across, get honest with you. And that and John Wooden are the two my two Bibles. And uh, I live I live by that. I still use it. Um, but we, we developed a great friendship out of that. And um, I took over the Oak Senior Football Team in 2005. And um, I brought John down for a few sessions, you know. But the players absolutely adore him. They adore him, you know. And it's just a larger-than-life character. He's so generous with his time and his knowledge. There was nothing he wouldn't share with anybody, even the opposition, I would say. And the reason he did it was this, because nobody could replicate the way John Morrison did it. But that was the reality of it. I tell you, look, here I have here. There, every, every, every Mayo training session, he got the honour and final. He gave me everything signage, you know. But to go and try do that session, you wouldn't be able to do it. That's the truth. <laughs> so he was very generous, but but uh, no, he was a brilliant man. He was a brilliant man. He was a psychologist, you know, as much as anything else. And uh, he made you feel like you were the most important person in the world. And he used to ring me, and I'd ring him nearly every nearly every day uh, at the height of it all, like nearly every day. And like yourself. Uh, uh, Jim, he'd send me down the Ulster Gazette article every week and he'd, he'd, he'd take a photograph, sit it on to me, ask it to have a look at it, what do you think of it? And he'd be talking about that for two days, you know, and uh, what could you add to it like, you know? Because <laughs> it's always brilliant, you know. And, uh, but he, he, he brought me, he allowed me, he brought me, he allowed me, he was with Derry, with, with Mickey Moran, I remember going to Owen Bag, And it wasn't that you got to see the training session, he actually brought you onto the field, in the middle of the training session with the Derry team. And he did the same in Mayo. Uh, you know, like, just incredible access he gave me uh, as a, you know, a coach from Carlo. No one knew, and you know, who, who, who were Carlo? Like, you know, really, like, so maybe we were not threat. Like, but he he was so generous. Like, you you, you, you just would not get better than John Morrison. And on a personal level, even like when you know, different times maybe when when work isn't going well, and uh, you know, you needed someone to talk to. John was the first person you'd meet that you'd ring, and, and he'd always give you the right advice, the right tone, and put down the phone, and you don't have a problem anymore. And that's 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 the type of man he was, you know. Yeah. 
I loved him. I loved him. Loved him. Absolutely loved him. And uh, when he came down here to to, to the club, like um, he picked up everybody's name straight away, like you know. And it took a while for Lasky to understand him because he's such a strong accent, you know. Uh, but I loved his ideas, and I really believe that you know we don't understand the impact he has had on coaching all over Ireland. Because I hear in the present day, you know, in the, in, the, in the coaching terminology around the country, it all came from John. I heard it 20 years ago and he was using it. And uh, I know that a lot of top managers who got to all of the finals were ringing John and bringing him to sessions. I was at one session in Cork with him. Uh, Cameron Cohen, I was manager at the time. Uh, and they all bounced their off. Uh, you know, uh, Kerry, we're on to how would you break down the Tyrone defence? You know, uh, he, you know, he didn't get the credit he deserved. Every everybody, everybody deferred to him, but not too many said it. Derek, you you talked about him being a sort of psychologist. Like, and I have a few quotes here from him um, that I'll share with you. Is, um, these are probably three of the the better known John Morrison quotes. There's there's so many. Like, he always he was great for one, one-liners one and quotes and stuff. And this one, like, don't think it, ink it. Um, I, I always loved it, a really catchy one, but, like, he was probably before his time with stuff like that, that, you know, every player now, especially at county level, has a diary and, you know, does all their workouts and all all by the by the book. Like, was he away before his time with, with stuff like that and the way he was coaching? Oh, he was, yeah. He had every session had a team, every session had a purpose. And as I say, you know, you got you you got you got that hand up before the training session. You had diagrams, you had diagrams, you had your buzz phrases, buzz words, uh, and you knew what they meant. And it was your own language within your team. And um, you know, it was really big help in game day. You know, he couldn't shout instructions from the sideline, and you knew exactly what he meant, what was to happen. Um, I mean, he's some great names for some of these lineouts, and you know, the nut and the arrowhead and the spine and all of those things, you know. But you know, they, they, they meant something, and and you had a visual picture in your head, and he was really big into visualization. Um, he, he was a psychologist without being a psychologist, you know what I mean? And he, I think someone said the, 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 the manager should be the, should be the psychologist, and, and there's a lot of truth in that, you know. And he was the he was the king of he was the king of them all, to be honest with you. Um, I think I've been wrong there, Turlock. I think managers need to see a psychologist, not to be one. <laughs> psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> but I think as well, I mean, it wasn't even, I mean, what you've said is 100% right, Turlock. I mean, the, the knowledge that he had, the expertise, but it was the personality, I think, added into that, you know, because that larger than life character, you know, and he didn't take himself seriously at all. I mean, I remember just at, at the start, you know, and you're talking about DeBerry. I mean, this, the DeBerry started off with, with his first job with me and he had the orange berry, uh, the French stay with the wee bit in the top, put over to the stay, over to the stay. He had the blue anorak um, before we got the Armagh coach, the, the coaches coats and the tracksuits and all for the guys. He had the blue anorak uh, and he had boots, like walking boots, mountain boots you would use and he had the orange laces in them. And uh, you patrol up and down the sideline, you know, this was like a lot of people you're saying about, uh, you know, people coming to watch them from the coaching point of view. People come to watch, wasn't much watching our mob playing, but maybe watching what you always want to do at the sideline. But he patrol up and down the sideline as well, you know, and uh, it, it was it was entertainment. Now, when I say that, 
although you get the impression well, this is all about showman and it's all about him it's not it was all about how the team were performing that was the way he was to get messages over to people uh, with that personality that large the legs the jokes you know that Paddy talked about that I said at the start were recycled it's even hearing them you know shortly before he passed away we, we met in the Armagh City Hotel uh, for dinner one night before I went to the football you know and I was still getting some of those jokes well back and the, the notes Turlock that you were referring to you know like you know I've been coaching as, as long as, as John and at that stage and he was still giving me training tips going to Armagh that night and he brought me a list of his uh, these are the new training games that I had Jim but they were all shorthand it's like that those training plans you were talking about for Mayo you know you know to try and sort of decipher some of that when he explained it it all made sense all those wee acronyms for the different drills um, but uh, absolutely fantastic great character you know larger than life didn't take himself that serious you know but no. was very very dedicated to everything that he did you know oh no he was a terrific man yeah one of the one of the greatest uh, things he did for us uh, in our club, Eirog, as you know, has had a fantastic history and, and had a great time in the 90s. You know, we won five lesser titles. But after those five lesser titles, we went to a dark, a dark place. It looked like we were never going to win another championship, quite honest with you. And that's when I, I came on board in 2005 because I just got fed up looking at I didn't want to train any senior team. I just wanted to train minors. Love working with minors. But we were making such a dog's dinner of our senior team that I put the name forward anyway and I became the manager that year. And we went to Lockery College for a weekend and we we had a, a full weekend with John on the Saturday and went through so much stuff. We had about 20 lads up and it's a tough day and we stayed in Lockery that night. But the next day, the players didn't notice, but the next day we went to Lavi and we played the Derry team that were playing in the Allard quarter final, I think, a couple of Sundays later, played a full t- dairy team, club team from Carlo. The confidence and belief our lads got out of that, like sharing the pitch, like with Enda Muldoon and Sean Martin Lockhart and these lads. It was just one of the most fantastic things that could ever happen. And and the belief that got and and that was that was a huge thing for for us, you know. Um, he he was he just did crazy things at times, you know. They were trying out their game plans and we were trying to defend against them basically, you know. And, uh, we did. We, we were really pleased, pleased with ourselves at the end of the session. You know, we had we put in a great, great shift. You know, and, uh, just great experience for lads. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Paddy, as Terlick says, like he come down and helped his club. Like he was, he was so good. Like that, that you could literally ring him and say, "Look at John, our club has. We're trying to work on something here. Or an under eight session, under twelve session, or something. Um, could you come down and give us a hand or give us something and?" No problem, he'd have done it, no issue at all. Like, yeah, look, the, the, the lads have covered it perfectly. Like, to, to, be, to be that generous with their time, you know, it's, it really speaks, it's, it's the measure of them, you know. Um, and then, you know, when you also think that he's, he, he's passed that on, you know, his, his son Paddy has a um, massive interest in, in coaching as well, you know, coaching as well, and goalkeeper and coaching and doing something that, di- you know, doing something different there. Um, and you know it's it's great to see that he's you know he he's he passed that he's passed that on. But uh, yeah, just just a gentleman, you know. Um, you know, you just you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't say anything negative about him. No, I was just saying even you know the point of Paddy saying it, but it wasn't even just in the football either because you know you know he had, he had health issues. Obviously, you know that you know everybody talks about these things afterwards. Everybody talks about the how great people are. You know, you know whenever they're not here, so they tell them whenever they're here on it, but. 
he did an awful lot of stuff, you know, probably touched on some of the stuff he did in the earlier part, you know, uh, on the club and times during the troubles, you know, working, you know, at the community end of it and working with kids. He did an awful lot of work with kids at underage at that time during very, very difficult times. You know, but even, you know, in terms of the illness, he, he sat with, uh, we actually shared a, a surgeon in, in Craig Alvin Hospital because at the time I had the cancer and went in and lost the kidney. He was also been treated with a prostate end of it. Uh, and he was involved with the, the surgeon. He was actually on the Northern Ireland Committee uh, as a representative to try and sort of promote, you know, prostate awareness and, and, and work on that as well, you know. So he would give up his time. And I sort of thought to myself as well, I could just imagine him going into that committee and going into the first meeting, you know, with all these experts on, you know, uh, the cancer, men's cancer treatment and telling them what they needed to do and how they needed to go out disseminating this information, you know, that's it. The type of a character, yeah, yeah, and he would be a big addition to that committee. He would, he would, his talents are yeah. unlimited. Like, you know, and he often told me about you know working with prisoners in the during the troubles and visiting the prisons and 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 the work in the youth club as well at the height of the troubles. Like, and difficult times to be involved with stuff like that, like you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he was a great man and he took his he took his influences to him everywhere. He, he wasn't just you know, football, he was interested in soccer and rugby. He was over in Leicester, Leicester Tigers there for a few sessions and uh, right. anywhere he could get it, he, he, you know, he, he learned as much as he could. He never stopped learning. He always come up every morning, looked in the mirror and he says, I'm getting better looking each day. <laughs> that was that was his approach to life. It really was. Uh, thank you, Jim. I'm <laughs> Jim, you were obviously with him in our models we mentioned in the early 90s and um, I know that a few of you, a few of the team went on to win All Ireland in 2002, and um, you, made, you made the National League final in '93, won the McKenna Cup in '94, and obviously a lot of our team went on and won All Ireland in 2002. Then, how big was he? How big of an influence was he in getting these boys to the level that they were ready to win an All Ireland in a couple of years' time? I mean, it was my. I mean, that, that meeting that I referred to in 91, whenever um, they asked me to take over, uh, I remember part of the discussion was, uh, we don't, you're, you're in, I think, this is nearly quote verbatim, um, we don't expect you to win anything in your time here, Jim, you're hurting the worst panel of players ever, but we wanted to develop the whole thing moving forward. And so obviously we made a whole change in, in player personnel and an attitude. Um and, and everything that we did on it. Uh, so when John and I sat down, there was an awful lot of things that we went through to try and improve the way uh, the whole demeanour of the team, the whole attitude of the team on it. And we we were probably one of the first counties in, in Ulster, if not further, to bring in sports science. And I mean, as, as the guys will tell you there, and Turlock had up in Carlo as well, you know, you had, you know, every top club teams have sports science now at a level that county teams would have. So I mean, we brought in our own sports psychologist then. Um, and I think, you know, again, in terms of John, John was probably telling, this guy was called Heinz Tipmar, um, obviously from a, from a German background. But, you know, you had some of these guys back in 91, you know, and like likes the big Grimley back then, you know, that weren't that interested in some of these new techniques. And you this guy trying to, you know, get them to visualize lying on the beach and feeling the warm sun on their face and stuff, you know, and close their eyes. And you see them opening one eye at each other on, you know. But John was into this big time, obviously, from his own interest in sports psychology. And we brought in a nutritionist to devise on, on the food and uh, hydration, the whole thing had to be done right, uh, performance analysis. So, I mean, 
probably John Stegman at that time, but like myself, we needed to do things differently and improve. And you know, as Charlie Wrightley says about his interest in all sports, we looked at all sports and what we were doing, the better sports on it. But the one big thing in addition to all that, so you have all this preparation, which was going to be good. You know, we the boys were saying you know, at the time you used to have to share gear. You know, we got them all their own individual gear. We got them their own individual track suits. It wasn't just share track suits for the subs. We got them their own bags, trying to get it all this sort of better camaraderie and team image going forward on it. But we were still missing probably one of the key ingredients, which was, you know, the player personnel itself. And uh, those ones that you put up, I mean, some of them were there, but the likes of the younger players coming through, you know, you had the minors uh, at that time, which were a fantastic bunch of players. You know, so you had Barry O'Hagan, you know, you had David Morrison, you had Ocean McConville, you know, Paul McGrain. You know, these were just like, you know, young fellas coming through, but we brought them in to integrate them early, um, got them playing together. I think Paul was the last one coming. He was still at St. Coleman's College when we were talking to him about coming in to the senior squad. Um, and they, they they were integrated really well into the team. And that then, for, for me and John, because we spoke about it afterwards, for, you know, quite a few times that, you know, although I mean, we got through the National League final during that time, which was actually a great achievement considering, you know, where we started off in 91. Uh, we won a McKenna Cup as well during that period, you know, so we had no Worcesters, but we had a lot of foundation work that time and a lot of foundation work that, you know, um, the two brands really benefit from afterwards, you know, in terms of setting the Ulster and then Joe after that in terms of an Ulster and, and All-Ireland. A lot of that was down to the work that John would have done at that particular time with those young players, with his coaching techniques, with the advice that he would give them, you know, and I think that's a real, you know, testimony to, you know, to the type of impact that he would have on teams. It wasn't always, you know, that you would have been getting the cups and winning all the time, but the development, you know, and the one thing I think is a bit of a lie. Somebody asked me, you know, these different teams that you've had on it, you know, what do you look back on? You know, what's the, that's the important thing. And the fact that you're still contacted now by guys you would have coached years ago, asking for advice, you know, and, uh, still referring to stuff you would have done with them on it. You know, that's a real testament. And certainly, as, as the guys have said and Turlock's alluding to, he's known throughout the 32 counties, you know, uh, and he, he would have helped everybody on it. So, I, mean, I think certainly those guys that you've shown and, and others that were there, you know, everybody benefited from, from what he brought to the football field, both from the coaching point of view and the fitness end of it, you know, because he's an expert in terms of current teams physically as well. But just in terms of having the right values, you know, and talk about this whole thing now, you know, what type of values the team have, you know, you know, John, John brought great values as a person, and that sort of came across onto the team as well for me. So uh, great legacy to have, I would have thought. Uh, Jim, Jim, the the the, the must have sort of got a lot, I'm sure, from that. You mentioned that run to the ninety uh, fourth um, league final, and it sort of seems hard to believe. As I know. Um, no, but you know, like, like Armagh like, actually used to hammer Dublin in that in that quarter final. Um, you know, it wasn't was a close game at all, and it was, it was a massive shock result because you weren't at the at the time. You know, you didn't have to be in Division One to, to get into the latter stages of the league. And I'm sure just getting that. I remember that known first trip to Kilkenny Park. I was young for at the time. Um, uh, for for the Leash game and and then the Meath match and then players would say I'm sure took an awful lot of belief of being able to compete outside the problems from those those couple of games. Yeah, I mean it was massive. That time we were division three and we, we won the division three and went through quarter final, semi final into the final on it. But 
mean, we, we had a great bunch. I mean, Cooley was playing first that time, obviously, he was involved with, with the soccer. Um, and John would, would have been turned referred to it earlier as well. You know, with John's condo, you'd have played a bit of soccer playing fifth for Glenavon, one of the good soccer players. I would have told you he was a good soccer player, you know, um, in his modesty. But um, I mean, with Hootie playing and scoring the goals first that time, and remember the celebration, you know, Hootie's particular celebration. But we managed that whole thing with Hootie playing uh, with Sligo. Uh, it was a great, great bunch of players that all worked very well together. But as you rightly said, Paddy, we weren't expected to go on and do that. Uh, but when we got to the final, you know, I think part of it, you know, on on the day, you know, your football preparation is one thing, but you've all this stuff in the periphery and what people are, are filling you full of in the outside world, you know, how great you are. And, and you know, you, you, when you go to the national final, you know, you get your suits and your ties and your all your sponsored gear. And, you know, probably one of the biggest things to do, you know, is, uh, and you do in hindsight now, is just to make sure you treat that as the same uh, as a normal game. It's hard to do um, for them. And, you know, maybe the occasion a bit on it. But if I remember that as well, you know, that they got the two goals that, that made a big difference. That was the difference in the winning and the losing that day. And if they had no one, it might have been a different story. But the belief to get there was great. If we'd have got that, I think we'd have kicked on even more at that particular time. Uh, but it wasn't to be, but it was a great experience and uh, one I'm glad that I shared with John, very honest. Perlick, one of the biggest John Morrison um, stories, obviously, we'll take a look at it here. We, we know all about it. It's, it's very famous at this stage. Um, in 2006, All-Ireland semi-final against Dublin. And, of course, Mayo go up and warm up. There's Pillar racking into John. And... Um, that, that was the 06 semi-final. Dublin, obviously, as always, they um, warm up in front of the hill. Mayo come out first. They decided that's where they're going to warm up. Do you think, is that a bit of John's mind games? Or maybe, was that a decision taken out of the, the management's hands, maybe? Well, I, I don't think it was actually his decision in Paris. I, I think the players took it on themselves, I think. Um but the ironic thing is, Pillard himself were good friends, very good friends before that, you know. <laughs> so he obviously thought that it's something John would do. <laughs> and, he, and he targeted John with the shoulder in the back, you know. But uh, look, sure, it was a great thing. It was a great thing. It was a great, it's a great talking point yeah. since, you know. But look, he, 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 he did play mind games. There's no question, you know. But uh, I don't think that was one of them, to be fair, you know. But, but he's, you know, the influence of one man look, can make in a county like, it's it's very hard to understand that one guy can change a whole, you know, culture around the team. Like you know, and uh, you know, John, 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 and and, and Mickey, I suppose, whether in Donegal and Mayo, like you know, they made an instant impact, really. Like you know, and unfortunately, they got shafted in both counties, you know. Um, but John was with Leitrim as well with, with Mickey, and you know that you know, like he had a huge influence in Carlo as well. We I saw Leitrim play Carlo in the National Football League. I wasn't involved with Carlo. And John and Mickey were managing them, and I could see exactly what they were doing because we we had, we had trained it with the club. He'd shown it to us, but when it was all new to our county team, they were just they were so tactically naive at that time of Carlo. You couldn't believe it. That's how far behind we were. Like, but uh, you could see the impact though that John's coaching had had in Leitrim, and Leitrim and Carlo would have a very small playing population, but it shows you that the right man can make a massive difference in any county, you know, and. He was a master tutor with the GA. Was, there was a group of them. And I really felt that GA didn't maximise uh, what they had there in that group. 
John John was exceptional. Like, but I, I thought they should have used him on a national level much more than they did. You know, I thought I thought uh, I thought he was badly treated. To be honest, such a uh, white crow park. I thought he was, I thought he had uh, so much more to offer. And that group had they were doing great work, and um, maybe they were seen as a threat. I don't know, but uh, he 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 was outstanding. Like, and um, he was a maverick. And he might agree with everything that uh, fishing maybe wanted. You know, but uh, I think there was their loss. You know. But I couldn't leave it without saying the one, the big thing that I will remember, John Farr, and it's actually not, it's the county final back in 2017. And Carlock, you mightn't just go, but his son, his son Paddy pulled off wonder save, the best save that you'll ever see in our match club football. And the thing I always remember about John is just the look of delight on his on his face and just how proud he was. And that was not that he done all them wonderful things himself. But I'd say he never got more of a kick than he did from that save. Um, and I just I thought it would, it would have been a pity for us to finish, Sean, without mentioning it. Poor Joe McManus uh, didn't get a lift home. I think he used to get the he used to get a lift home with with, uh, with John. And uh, John, in his excitement, had to go down to had to go down to the Harps dressing room and, and t- tell poor Joe that he did that he that he just had to wait for his lift.